Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Okay, you guys, so full disclosure, I took a little bit of a break this week from the podcast. Um, Yes, I know, mortal sin, but I really had a great time this past week getting away on a little road trip with my partner and our dog, and it was really just some much-needed time out of LA, getting to visit some family along the way. It was just a great time. Um, But don't worry, I'm not leaving you guys hanging this week. So after about 20-plus episodes of Leather Talk, some people have started asking me, Brandon, when are you going to be interviewed on Leather Talk? And here's the thing. (laughs) I can't really interview myself. I mean, that would be a pretty boring episode if I were just to sit in front of a microphone all by myself and just start talking, I think. Uh, But anyways, nevertheless, this week we are going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek of an interview I did with Chris Velasquez. And if you don't already know who Chris is, he is a fellow leather man and the runner-up to this year's Mr. CSW competition. So Chris has his own show called Hard Talks with Chris, which you can find on iTunes and all other podcast platforms. So make sure to go over there and hit subscribe. That way, when the full interview comes out on his show, you will get a notification. Anyways, without further ado, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. Okay. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. So today I want to have a special friend on someone that does podcasts like I do. Actually, he's his podcast has been going on for a lot longer. And I'm so thankful to him because this podcast wouldn't be as good and maybe uh, out already if it wasn't for him. And it's Brandon. Welcome, Brandon, Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> How are you, Brandon? I'm doing good. I woke up well, like an hour ago, sleeping in during COVID and <clears throat> just having my morning coffee. So yeah, I mean, I know it's 12 in the afternoon, but you know, who cares? <laughs> I mean, girl, girl. <laughs> um. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into anything. Yeah, sure. So I'm 28 years old. Um, I live in North Hollywood, California, and I am Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. Um, I just got that title early this February, and I've been in the kink and leather scene for the past about two and a half years, maybe three. I kind of stopped counting now, um, kind of took my time getting into it, but really loving how it helped me sort of discover myself and sort of gives me like a, a way to discover myself even more and discover more about other people. And it, it, it's really kind of turned my life around in many different ways. But, you know, we can get into that later. Yeah. What's I don't think we've ever talked about this. What's your ethnicity? Oh, I'm Mexican. Okay. Mexican-American. I mean, I was born here in the States, and my my parents were also born here in the States. My grandparents are the ones who came here illegally when they were children, so they didn't really have a say, but yeah. Yeah, no, so that's, and that's that's an interesting conversation, because I consider myself Hispanic, 
Mm-hmm. My parents, um, my mom and my dad are both, well, my mom is Guatemalan, my dad's Salvadorian. My stepdad, who I grew up with, is Mexican. So it's tricky for me whenever people ask me because I come off as Mexican since I grew up with my my stepfather, which I grew up with him since like the age of two. Mm-hmm. I have like a lot of Mexican traits, but my mom and my dad are Salvadorian Central Americans, which I do have Central American, like, you know, um, Central American traits and little stuff. Like I love, you know, I, lo- I love Guatemalan food. I love Salvadorian food. Uh, if I'm hanging out with Salvadorians, the little accent like starts to like, it show. starts to come out yeah but I, I if you just meet me everybody off the bat goes oh you're mexican so it's like i live in that weird yeah you know i have some other guatemalan friends and when i first came up to him i was like oh yay like a fellow mexican and he's like i'm not mexican i'm guatemalan <laughs> why does everybody think i'm mexican yeah. and i'm like oh <laughs> you know where, where i grew up at literally everybody was mexican or white like you're either white or mexican and uh, I just grew up in like this tiny little town, Visalia. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but it's a small town um, and there's not too much going on around there. So, you know, when you come to like someplace like LA from there, like your vision of the world begins to open up a little bit more. Yeah. And and, and LA is, is weird because LA is highly Mexican, but in the same time, highly Central American. Mm-hmm. So if there's like places where like all you'll find is Mexicans. But then there's small, and it's a small place where you'll only find Central Americans because they're like a very like knit, close group of people who like to stay with each other. Mm-hmm. But overall, LA is a like a really Mexican deep, rich c- city, you know. And and yeah, we're, definitely we're, we're we're next, you know, we're close to the border ish. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you do find a lot of like Central Americans. And I don't know. It's weird. They don't, we, well, it's funny. You see, I can't even talk about it because we don't <laughs> like being mixed with right. Mexicans. But in the same time, I feel like I come off Mexican because of my uh, basically Mexican background. <laughs> so it's like, right. I don't even know how to talk about it. <laughs> well, I think a good way to, you know, how you're identifying as Hispanic is, yeah. is you know, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if you, so this is a, a, a tricky question. Um, how did we meet? I remember. Oh God, you're having <laughs> you're trying to get me to remember how we met. Because <laughs> no, um, no, no. I met you, uh-huh. and not officially, but I met you at your crowning. <laughs> I met you when you were get, when you you got crowned. When the, you make when it the... sound like it's like a royal crowning, <laughs> the England. <laughs> I just I love to think about like the leather pageants, even though I know they're not like regular pageants, but. In my head, it's just funny to fantasize them as regular pageants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're crowning. Um, so I met you, yeah, when you ran and obviously got your title. And I was there for that. I think that was the first time I remember. That's when you walked into my universe when you won your title. So after I ran, I started attending all the titles, right? Mm-hmm. And you stood out so much to me. Well, you and obviously Mr. Sister stood out so much because you guys were so authentically yourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when you're running or you're trying to get a title, I think you you try to project a little bit more. Um, well, you, you you kind of like, I, I kind of know what you're saying. Um, well, first of all, I don't remember meeting anybody at my competition. No offense. <laughs> I bet. No, no, no. I bet. It was like a whole blur. Uh, but, 
you know, I think the first time that I remember encountering you was over actually the Leather Talk Zoom parties. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, he keeps showing up. He's super cool. He's super chill. And then I then I kind of heard your background story. I don't even remember how I heard it. And then that you wanted to come out with a podcast and all this stuff. And now here we are. So yeah, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that like, we didn't really get to hang out in person. And because right after that competition, the Mr. Bullet Leather competition, we hit the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think in a lot of ways to COVID- if we're going to take anything positive away from it, like it's really brought people together in different ways. Like it's really, it's made everything more intentional. You know, it's not like I, I'm now stumbling into the bar and meeting new people by chance. It's like, we're really having to be intentional about the way that we connect with each other. And because of that, I think we're getting stuff like us having this conversation right now over the podcast, or the Zoom parties, or people are really making a conscious decision to get to know each other more. And one good thing from that is like, I've gotten to know people from like all over the United States now on a really deep level mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have had the chance to otherwise. Yeah. like, And I mean, I know, trust me, because when I ran <laughs> for um, CSW, there's been people that I've met like at other contests. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I remember for you from that day. And I look at them like feeling so bad because I'm like, I barely knew what was going on <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was on stage. So I'm so sorry and thank you. And people come up to me all the time and they're like, we liked you. And the, and, and the only way I remember a lot of the stuff, even of the stuff that I said on stage was because they're like, oh, you were so funny when you did this or when you said this. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you all the time, though. You have like this <laughs> kind of, uh, but yeah. Going going back to like your your statement a little bit earlier about like you know when you're running, how you said you know myself and Mister Sister seemed the most genuine to you. You know, it didn't start off that way because I mean I've always tried to be myself, especially in front of a crowd, but. I wasn't quite sure what to expect during the leather competition. And I remember going out with my friend Tomek for dinner and I was kind of sharing with him my speech. And I was saying like, you know, these are some of the questions that they might ask. Maybe you can ask them to me. And like just after the first question, he goes, and I love Tomek. If he ever listens to this episode, he'll laugh because he kind of has like this. I always say he has like this gay voice. He, He gets even more campy like around me and his other friends, but he's like, you know, it's like not really that authentic. Like you really just, just be yourself. And I was like, okay. And he's like, that's what they're looking for. And so I reevaluated the way I was going to answer. I wanted to answer the questions in the way that I thought that the judges wanted to hear the answers. And then I realized at the end of the day, you know what? I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this for them. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for me. This is a huge step in my journey. And was never about like winning for me, but it was just about like, this is just the next step in my path to leather and and into discovering myself. And if I win, great. If not, this will be a huge stepping stone for me no matter what. Yeah. um, And and I, and I had the same, you know, the same situation Um, when I was getting ready, someone kind of said like, you know, cause I was like, you know, I, I kept asking people that I knew, like, you know, give me some advice. You know, you guys were on it. You guys already went through this or, you know, you guys won or whatever. Someone told me like, you know, just try to like butch it up a little bit. <laughs> and and at the moment, yeah. I was like, what like what does that even mean? Like I feel Yeah, no, someone actually told me if you can make your voice deeper a little bit, that would that would help you. And I thought, I'm not making my voice deeper. I spent my whole life mm-hmm. being insecure about my voice. I'm not about to start to go back in the closet now. They don't know my history and I'm sure they were trying to help, but I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, and and 
I remember, yeah, like you said, like that was that, and I was like, no, like that's that's not who I am. I'm someone that is in between, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's those moments where like I'll butch it up, and I'm like any other man, quote unquote. But there's times where I like to femme it up, and where like I will, you know, I will throw sis, and I call myself girl all the time, and and even talking to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like girl this, girl this. But you know, so I I live in this in between, and if they want to see who the real me is and who the who the person that's going to carry this title for the next year that's me so i'm not gonna act like this and i remember even after you know when i lost someone was like oh you know you should have made less gay jokes or like less femi jokes and less this and so that's why like it was such a powerful thing to see you and mr sister just be so authentically your guys itself mm-hmm. and not even trying to like yeah you know deepen your voice or do anything to change who you are and you guys still won for me that was so powerful because that that just sets a precedent you know yeah it sets a precedent and also i think that confidence comes with from within and if you're going to like try to mm-hmm. pretend to be somebody else and that's not you, then your confidence is not going to shine through. And I think that probably what you saw was that I was, I'm comfortable in my own skin, you know, and I can't say that that was me for my entire life. It's maybe only been since I was like 19 or 20 years old that I began to become more comfortable in my own skin. And I'm like, you know, if, if the judges want to see confidence, they're going to get confidence, but it might not be in the way that they mm-hmm. wanted or they thought or, you know, they wanted to see it. And that's okay too. Like at the, at the end of the day, I said, you know, like I said before, it wasn't about winning for me. This was just the next step. No, and even that, the idea that we get confidence, you know, I think confidence is something mm-hmm. that stays and goes. And it comes by stages. Like I, before all this, <laughs> I had high confidence. I was feeling the best. I was, even though, you know, I lost my title, but I, I was so embraced by the community and I made so many new friendships and all these new connections. And I was feeling good about myself. I was in a good place mentally and physically and everything, right? But, mm-hmm. and, and you and me have talked about this towards the, like, what, the third week or fourth week of quarantine, I had, like, this giant just fall of my confidence. Like, I was not being social. I was feeling lonely my body is not where I want it to be and it's one of those things where I feel like we're always trying to work on our confidence Mm -hmm. and it comes and it goes you know so at that moment you had such a strong confidence and and yeah like I said it it really grabbed my attention so but tell us tell us a little bit more about your title Yeah, so Mr. Bullet Leather is a bar title. And the reason why I ran for Mr. Bullet, well, actually, let me go back and tell you like a little bit of a story. (laughs) So when I first came to the LA, greater LA area, I came to to Northridge because that's where I went to school, CSU Northridge. And I found this cute ass gay bar. I love it so much. I know so many people don't like it, but I love it. It's called Sea Friends. (laughs) My favorite bar. It's not a leather bar by any means, but like... I, it's an it's another gay cheers. Like you walk in there, everybody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, you know, going in there and I went, <laughs> it was like the first time I had topped anybody. And I'm like, I was, I topped someone like right after I walked in there and the bartender knew me and he goes, what? 
I've never expected that from you. <laughs> like, like we just had that kind of banter. And that's where I really began to like find gay friends and make gay friends and meet people in the community. And that's, I, I lived just down the street from the bar. So it was really my watering hole for like maybe three, four, five years even wow. until I moved to North Hollywood and the bullet sort of became my home after that. So anyways, all of that's to say, you know, at the bullet, uh, you know, the first time I walked in there, I was like, man, this is kind of like raunchy and dirty. And then I was like, I kind of like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember the first time I went in there, I asked the bartender, I don't even remember who it was, but I was like, is there like a shirtless discount? Like I'm such an exhibitionist. I was like, if I can get some eyes on me, um, like I don't need any other attention than that. And he's like, sure, but you have to keep your shirt off the whole time. I'm like, great. Love this bar already, you know? Um, And I kept coming back and I honestly didn't know there was leather tied to it at all until I started getting more interested in the, in the leather scene. And then one day I, I remember being in the back patio and I looked up and I saw a leather pride flag and I thought, Oh fuck, is this a leather space too? I, then I started noticing things like the title holders, pictures on the wall and, and then I realized, you know, the the guy in the vest, Andrew, uh, AJ, Mr. Uh, Bullet Leather 2017, when he would come in with his vest, I, I started noticing, you know, that it said he was Mr. Bullet Leather. And I'm like, oh, wow, like how serendipitous that I walked into a space and really found my home here. And as I'm starting to become more part of leather or more, more exploring leather, this is already set up for me. You know, it's already here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, long story short, I really kind of went out for my first time to the Eagle because I, you know, this is before I realized that the bullet had any leather tied to it. And that's where I went out for my first time and experienced like a real like leather bar situation over there. And I just remember I stumbled in because I was drunk and I was like, I shouldn't be driving home. Maybe I should stop at the closest gay bar. Let's stop at this random bar called the Eagle. I should not drive home, but let me stop at another bar. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought you works. know, I'll have some soda or something. <laughs> Hang on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just did it, you know. So anyway, so I get in there. There was, uh, I've never seen another night like this ever before or ever again, really. And I think part of the reason was it was like my first time coming into a leather bar like this, but everybody was in like full on leather, like head to toe. There were guys in their full on uniforms with Sam Browns. There were guys in jock straps with a harness. I remember seeing men, three-way men kissing. It was just so hot to me. And just something stirred in me like this, something that I felt was always there, but finally found a place to come out at. And I'm sitting there in my like, you know, preppy boy button up shirt coming from West Hollywood, you know, because that's where I was earlier. That's all I knew. And and I was like, I need to get on this. This is crazy. And later on that weekend, I had planned to go to San Francisco anyways. And I already knew Mr. S kind of existed. That's where I got my first harness. And when I put it on, I was just floored. I was like, wow, this is, this just feels right. Yeah. And that's what kind of started my journey. It's funny. We, I think we all have that moment with our first leather mm-hmm. where you kind of put it on and you're like, things are not going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this just awoke something inside of me. So, so, so then was Mr. Bullet your first title you ran for? 
Yeah. Um, you know, one day I came, uh, I really, I really enjoy the Eagle, but like I said, the, the bullet has always been kind of like my home. So, and one day I went out to the Eagle for a, a leather event. Cause I think it was, they were having like, um, meat rack night or something. And any chance I can get in full leather, I'll, I will. So I got all, you know, decked out in my gear and stuff, went out to the Eagle and I thought, you know, I'll stop by um, the bullet before I get, come home. And I've been thinking about running for like the last year. And I hadn't really said anything to anybody until that weekend. I thought, God, I one of these days I really want to run. And I remember telling my friend Angela this and she goes, well, isn't the competition coming up like next month? Why don't you run now? Like, why would you wait? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'll just, maybe I should just wait. I don't know. And she's like, why, why, why are you waiting? You've already been thinking about this for like a year. You're saying I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever. And I kind of decided against it that I would just wait. And anyways, later that night, when I got to the bullet, I was in my full leather and the bar owner, Michael Lara saw me and he like locked eyes with me. And if anybody knows Michael, I think he's like a man of very few words. Mm -hmm. And some pe a lot of people misread him, um, but he just has like this very stern look on him. But he's a total sweetheart. He locked eyes with me and said, you should run for Mr. Bullet Leather. And I was like, what? You Like, you even know I exist? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, you look great in your leather. Like, you should run, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like well, when is it? And he's like, next month. And I'm like, okay, I'll consider it. And I got home that night and I'm like, you know what? This is destiny. Like, yeah. that's where I kind of came to the decision where if I win, I win. Great. If I don't, if I don't run, I will regret it for the rest of my life because this is just the universe telling me you just got to go for it. Well, we're going to take a little break right there. And if you want to hear more, don't forget to go to Hard Talks with Chris on iTunes and all other podcast platforms and hit subscribe. So when the full interview comes out, you will get a notification. I know this was a little bit shorter episode this week, but I do have plenty more fun and kinky interviews coming up, including some bonus episode material coming out soon to Patreon, focusing on fetishes such as fisting, water sports, and urethral sounding. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leathertop Mr. Bullet and Facebook as Brandon Bullet. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky. Okay.